is being underestimated, in part because it grew so strong so quickly. The landmark hurricane swept through southeastern Texas, hitting the coast as a Category 4 early Saturday morning. Then, as the storm weakened, it began to settle over the area. And on Sunday, a new threat emerged, catastrophic flooding. Tonight, along the Texas Gulf Coast, utter devastation. In the town of Rockport, entire blocks are decimated. Why didn't you evacuate? We just didn't have the money. Thank you for the outpouring of support you have expressed to Church Unlimited in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. As residents are making their way back home and tending to the disaster left by Hurricane Harvey, Church Unlimited wants to meet needs, provide hope, and show the love of Christ to our community. Thank you for your prayers and support. This tragedy is showing the world what God can do through His church. Welcome. Good to see you guys today. Thanks for joining us. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being tuned in with us. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you. Appreciate you. Wow. What a week. This has been a crazy week. Glad you guys are here. Just, uh, I just want to start off by just saying, man, I love you guys. I just really just love you guys. So thankful for you. My family, much like your family, probably got out of town, and, and uh, we went up to San Antonio to kind of ride out the storm and, and uh, started watching it and realizing pretty quickly this is way worse than we thought, and uh, we knew it was going to be bad. We didn't know it was going to be this bad, and, and uh, so I started calling around and started working on things, and uh, Pastor Garrett and I, uh, Garrett is our San Antonio campus pastor, and I called him up, said, hey, what can we do? And he said, I'm already on it, pastor. I've already got local businesses and two news stations that want to donate. I was like, we don't even have a truck. So we rented a truck and loaded up stuff. We didn't have a driver, so we became the drivers. And so we drove a truck down about 18 hours after the storm because we wanted to get down here and assess everything. And uh, we came down. It was just, just two of us and uh, left the family up there. And, and uh, we parked the truck here uh, this is literally 18 hours after the storm, and we jumped in my son's F-150. Uh, we call that a Texas Lexus. We jumped in that, <laughs> and we said, let's go check out Rockport. And so we started driving Rockport, and I did not realize how dumb that was until later. Like, what were we thinking? You know, there's no, we shouldn't have been there. But we drove in, and I mean, here I am, like, driving over. And if you work in the electrical power industry, you're going to want to kill me later. I'm sorry. But we, we're driving over lines, you know, which you're not supposed to do. And, you know, I get this big branch. I'm holding up a line so you can drive the car underneath it. Like, this, what are we doing? This is crazy. You know, this is, like, so dumb, you know. But we just wanted to get there just to see it. You know, we get in there to see it, and, and the building is just, you know, pretty much totaled. And, uh, you know, but more importantly than that, the, the neighborhoods around it were just, just, there's whole neighborhoods that are just gone, aren't even there anymore. And so it was just shocking to realize that 80% of Rockport, Texas is unlivable. You just think, wow. So honestly, the least part of my concern is building the church back. My biggest issue right now is let's help build the city back. I mean, that's my big thing. You know, it, it needs it. So I didn't understand the timing of how God was working that two months, three months ago when we decided to do a huge volunteer drive that we doubled our volunteer base. Uh, in about a three-month period of time, 
Then about three or four weeks ago, I just on a whim felt led, don't know why, to clean out our church physically, clean out the building. So we did this huge spring cleaning and cleaned out and just threw away tons of stuff, not realizing that just about two weeks later, our church would be a gigantic warehouse for the needs of our community. So God was lining things up. So... You just never know God's timing, so just, just know that, you know, that we, we can't choose the storms when they come. Storms hit you, and you, you can't choose them, but you can choose your response. So today is Church Unlimited's response to the storm. If you want to take some notes, we don't have notes to pass out because we've been a little busy this week, uh, but we do want you to take some notes today. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 30, if you want to turn there. It's a story of the Good Samaritan. I can't think of a more apt scripture to talk about today than that. So we're going to just take a look at that. Let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? To take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for being here. It's just an honor to be with you guys. And so it's really been crazy. Um, I'll get into more of the story, but all the, the people that have just come out of nowhere to help has been very, very inspiring. I was just with the MyPillow.com people in my office a moment ago. The founder's a Christian. He's donating 10,000 pillows to those in need. I mean, that's just one example of some really cool stuff that, that we're able to be a part of and help facilitate. And so uh, a lot of great things are happening. So it's really been neat, but more on that in a minute. Let's talk about the story a little bit, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do as a church and what we already are doing. So let's pick up in the scripture. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. Now, Jesus is talking to a Jewish crowd, okay? So a priest comes along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walking over, walked over and looked at him and lying there, but he also passed on the other side. So Jesus is telling a story to a bunch of Jewish people. and says, hey, so there's this priest, and he walks by the guy that's been beat up and doesn't help him. Then a, and a temple assistant. So he says, basically, uh, a religious leader, a pastor, a shepherd, right, ignores this guy then a high-level volunteer in the same church or synagogue ignores this guy too. So you can be really spiritual, high-minded into the things of God, and not do your job. So I just think it's important to point that out. It's basically saying, hey, these guys made a decision. So if you're taking notes, would you write this down? The first thing you need to write down is this, number one. Doing nothing is a decision. So when you say, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Well, every day that you're not sure that's doing nothing, that's a decision you're making. So at some point, make a decision. At some point, choose to do something. And so doing nothing is a decision that we make. It says in Scripture, it says, Then the despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Number two, please write this down. God often uses the least likely people. Now, it says that this guy was a despised Samaritan. Now, Jesus is talking to a Jewish crowd, so when he said this was a despised guy, he was saying, you know, you despise him. Jewish people despise Samaritans. Samaritans despise Jewish people. And so basically he was saying, look, um, it doesn't really matter what your ethnicity is, what your race, nationality, none of that matters when someone's hurting, what Jesus is saying. And all of a sudden it just doesn't matter anymore. And so, and I want to point this out because in the world that's all involved in identity politics right now, it's nice to know that no one seems to care when the storm hits, whether you're white, black, brown, Asian, doesn't matter anymore. We're all human, and we all just need to help each other. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the things Jesus is pointing out, is that it doesn't really matter whether you're liked or not liked, whether you're despised or hated. Who cares? 
Just serve humanity. Just help each other out. I'm seeing this in church world. I'm working with churches that think radically different than we think, and it doesn't matter. We all love the Lord. It doesn't matter whether you sing from a hymnal or whether you kneel a lot, stand up, charismatic, non-charismatic. No, that matters now. Let's just help each other, and that's really what's been happening. So that's really cool to see that happening. Just the other day, uh, th- that was the first night we were there. Uh, we, we, we got into Rockport, looked around, and then after that, we drove very carefully home. The next morning, we got up, and they started clearing the road so we could get, barely get in, but we, we still got in, and, and uh, we came to see it in, in the daytime, and it was way worse than I thought, because in the nighttime, we couldn't see a whole lot, because there's no lights on anywhere. I mean, it's just like pitch. It's crazy. And so the next day, we could see uh, what was going on, and just entire neighborhoods were gone, and as we were driving around, we stopped our truck real quick to hop out. We were just assessing the place, and this guy and his family walks out of a trailer. I jumped out of the truck, ran over, and just said, hey, are you guys okay? And the guy says, yeah, we're alive. I said, that's success right now. That's great. You know, so I, I went up to him, and I said, what's your name? He told me his name was Chief. I said, Chief, man, it's good to meet you. I'm Pastor Bill. We're here from Church Unlimited. He's like, oh, okay, where's that at? You know, and I told him, we're over here, and, you know, we just began to d- describe what we were going to do. And I said, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me, what, tell me your story, man. What, what happened? He said, well, this is my wife. These are my kids. He had four or five kids running around. And, and he said, this is our trailer. And then there's a trailer next to that one, which is his brother and sister-in-law. And then the trailer next to that one is um, his wife's father. And he said, none of us left because my, my wife's father said he wasn't going to leave. He's 78 years old. He's in the wheelchair. We couldn't leave him. So I said, What happened? He said, well, the storm hit, the wind got crazy. You know, my brother and sister-in-law got out, came over to our trailer, um, and, and that's a good thing because the middle trailer was just gone. It was like it went through a meat grinder. It's crazy. They probably would have died. And so then the trailer next to them, he said, we went and got my father-in-law, brought him into our trailer. We all locked arms. We're holding arms linked together, praying, crying, wailing, screaming as the trailer goes up and down three different times. Why they were in it. I said, bro, I'm sorry you experienced that. That's unreal. No one should have to live through that. And I just said, do you, do you have any food? Do you, have, do you need some food? We can get you some food. He immediately broke down the cry. He said, we were eating the last stuff we had. He said, we were eating army rations that someone had come by and given us. I said, man, we're going to be doing food all week long. He began to cry. We've now got the guy generator, got him supplies, just helping him rebuild his life. That one story I can repeat over and over and over and over again all throughout Rockport and Ranzas Pass and Port Aransas. The church right now is being the church. It's good. That's what we should be doing. It says in verse 34, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an, to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Two silver coins does not sound like a lot to you and I, but silver is very valuable. Even today it is. But back then that would have been the equivalent of this man being able to stay in this inn for two months. So he generously helped out in this situation. Number three, if you're taking notes, is that your compassion should lead to action. Your compassion should lead to action. I, I came in the other night, and my, my kids came back in town, and, and now they've been helping out, my wife and kids. And first couple of days I was there just kind of assessing things and doing stuff, but then eventually when they got safe, and they came back in, and we're all, we've been just busting our butts for the last three or four days, alongside a lot of great staff members and volunteers are doing the same thing, working 12 and 18-hour days. 
And as we're doing that, well, I'm really proud of my staff. They have really been unbelievable. Let's give it up for those guys. They're, they're incredible. They really are. And so many, so many volunteers, too. It's just been, it's just been amazing. But I was talking to my kids, and they said, Dad, have you, have you been on Twitter? Do you see all this stuff going on? And they, and they mentioned a pastor friend of mine that's really getting ripped. And I was just like, what? And they go, oh, man, they're saying all kinds of bad things about him and this and that. And they said, you know, he's not opening his church and this. And I was like, that's, that's just, that's ridiculous. First of all, I know him. There's no way that's true. I just know it's a lie without even having to investigate because I know the guy. So I said, that's ridiculous. And they said, yeah, Dad, they're saying this and they're saying that. It makes you so mad. I was like, yeah, that makes me mad even hearing about it. And I just said to him, I said, you know why I don't know about that? I don't know about that because I've not been on my phone because we've been out actually doing it, actually helping. And I just want to speak to that real quick if I can. We have a whole generation that thinks somehow they help because they did a hashtag compassion. You know, we don't need to do hashtag compassion. We need you to get your skinny jeans butt out into the community and help people. That's what needs to happen. So I just, I just have to say it's time to actually do the work of God rather than talk about it and critique other people whether they're doing a good job or not. Let's just all get out there and do it. Let's just go help. That's what needs to happen. So... So here are the five things that we see the Good Samaritan does. We've already done two of them, so we're now in stage three of this, okay? But here's the five things that you will see that any good, compassionate person or organization is going to be involved in, okay? And so Jesus spells it out pretty clearly right here. So let me break them down. Here it is, A through E. Here it is, A, go where the need is. Just go. Just get there. That's what we did the other night. We just, we just went. We, it was dangerous, but we went. We just knew we need to get in here, in here early to try to help. We need to set up on the ground as fast as we can. We knew that FEMA was coming, Calvary's coming, but we knew we, we were a little more nimble because we were local. So let's just get there and start meeting the immediate needs now, which is what we began to do. So go where the need is. Just go. That's A. B is send supplies to the need. Send supplies to the need. Here's a great thing about Americans, and I mean this. This is one thing I'm really proud of our country, and, and this is not just all Christians. A lot of non-Christians doing it too, and I'm just really proud to be in this country that we have literally been oversupplied. What a wonderful problem to have that we have more than enough supply. We, I, I say that, first of all, to say thank you to those who are watching from around the country that have supplied us. Thank you. But second of all, I need to tell you in a loving way, we are good. Please, we don't need more stuff coming our way. I don't mean that ugly. I mean, we are now having a problem with so much coming in that we've diverted it to Houston. Also, all the stuff you see in our atrium here at the broadcast campus, we're shipping that to Houston and to Beaumont today and tomorrow. So it's, it's going to go. So, And for those of you who say, hold on, don't we still need it here? Actually, all the cities have reached out to us and said, we don't need any more stuff. So we, we know that, the, that that's all part, of the, it's all part of the chain of needs here. First is check it out, then get the immediate supplies. If Samaritan showed up, so let me bandage you up, right? Let me bring supply to you, okay? So the first thing is go. The second thing is to send supplies, okay? We have already done one and two. We do not need that now. We are good with that, okay? But number three, four, and five, we still need to do. So A, B are done. C is give your time. Give your time. So if you're keeping up with B, A is go where the need is. B, send supplies. C, give your time. We need you to give your time. At this point, in Houston and in Beaumont, they're still rescuing, okay? And so they now, they need supplies. That's why we're sending whatever we have 
to them, okay? And that's not cheap to do it, and more on the money in just a second, but we need to, to get that stuff there. So we've, we've hired a trucking company. They're giving us a discount rate. Basically, just, they're just paying their drivers, which is really kind of them. And so it's Ainsworth Trucking, good, good man. And uh, I call on that guy, and I'm embarrassed. I can't look at the guy with a straight face when I ask him some of the things I ask him. He always just says yes. I mean, he's just amazing, amazing company, great people. So they're helping us ship stuff there, which I'm very grateful, and so giving us a major cut rate. And so we're just like, just get stuff there. So he's like, done. And so that's already happening. Even today, you may be asked before you leave to help load something. I mean, we're, that's where we're at. We're, we're just loading up as we can, okay? Last night, today, and tomorrow. So we're, we're, we're doing that. We're gi- but giving our time now means not just supplying people. Now it means we need actual volunteers to go into the neighborhoods, into people's homes, and help them sort stuff, do what's called a mud out, where you get all the mud. It's, it's muddy, it's nasty, it's a dirty job, and it's hard work, okay? And so put your big boy pants on, guys. We've got to go to work. All right, but that's how we really help. Is we got to help these people, and it's not easy. I'm just telling you, but that's what that's what it looks like. And so compassion is going to call, going to going to going to require our time. So here's what we're doing. At the end of all of our services, out in the atrium with all of our campuses, there are signups. And so we'd a- like to ask you to sign up to serve at some point. Some of you can serve a lot of hours. Some of you can serve a few hours. Either way, just serve. We're not worried about the amount of hours. Just just sign up to serve and to help out. Now, here's what you can do today. Those of you say, man, I want to do something now. I totally get that. Here's what you can do right now, okay? Here's how you can serve right now. Right after this service, we need you to go home, eat something fast, change, and go to Rockport. Let me write, write down this address. 902 East Main Street. 902 East Main Street. Whatever campus you're at, you can get there, show up, Okay. If you are over the age of 18, you're welcome at that campus right now because we're working with Operation Blessing, and for what we're doing today requires you to be over the age of 18. If you're a teenager, don't be offended. We have Port Aransas and Aransas Pass. You can go serve there right now. But Operation Blessing, because they're actually going into someone's home, it's a liability to have a teenager going into someone's home, okay? And so that's why we are not doing that through them. That's one, one of their rules. It's a good rule, okay? But today, if you show up at 1 o'clock, they will do a quick training for you and to get you on the field. If you have experience with a chainsaw, we could really use your help. In fact, bring your own chainsaw if you can. I never thought I'd throw a bring your own chainsaw party, but now we're throwing that. <laughs> so if you can bring your own chainsaw, that would be a huge help. B-Y-O-C. There you go. All right. It's a huge help. If you're thinking, oh, that'd be so cool to work with a chainsaw. We do not want you working with a chainsaw then. You're not the right person. That's me too. I'm not good at that either. I'm going to hand my man card over to someone else. I know. I don't have that kind of talent, all right? So, but if you're the kind of dude that knows how to work a chainsaw or a lady knows how to work a chainsaw, great. We could use you. We just need someone that has experience with that, okay? And so bring your own stuff if you can. We also have supplies out there, but if you can bring stuff, we can multiply it further, okay? And so you can go out today at one o'clock. Then also, if you can't go today, yeah, that's cool. Tomorrow at eight in the morning, we're doing another round and also at 1 p.m. So we've got three shifts, 1 o'clock today. They've already been going since 8 today, but 1 o'clock today as well as tomorrow, 8 o'clock, and also 1 o'clock. And so you can do a half day, and believe me, you will be exhausted by the time that is done. If you want to stay longer, great, but, but that's important that we get some people on the ground right now. So you can give your time. The next way, so, so, so we've got go, send supplies, give your time, and D here is, so ABCD, D is give financially. Give financially. Now, here's the thing about this, okay? Right now, those of you who are watching online from around the country, those who are watching this Facebook Live, however you get in this message, listen, listen very carefully. You're right now not giving to Church Unlimited. You're giving through Church Unlimited to get to the needs. Do you understand that? 
I'm not asking you to resource us. Resource them, okay? And so the way you do that is you give through us to meet the needs of a lot of different people. The needs are too long for me to even list, but just know that the resources are going to the need, okay? So thank you for the support you've given. We've had a lot of people weigh in financially, and so as I give this list, it makes it sound like we have all this money. We don't because the need is much larger than what's already been brought in, but we are so incredibly grateful. And I want to tell you something really cool. I mean, within hours, I was called by Dave Meyer, Joyce Meyer's husband. He said, hey, this is Dave Meyer. How can we help? I was like, man, you are awesome. And so he said, what can we do? And I said, honestly, we probably just need some cash. He goes, that's what we do. Let me write you a check. And so we already have money from Joyce Meyer Ministries. Rick Warren's reached out, Stephen Furtick, Life Church, Craig Rochelle. I mean, I could go on and on uh, with the church, the Celebration Church in Austin, uh, you know, Brazos Fellowship, a church that we helped plant in College Station. They're now sending a team and bringing money to us to help out. So just, I mean, the church is just rising up. It's really cool. It's really cool. And so... Church of the Highlands is making a difference. Healing Place Church. There's so many ministries around the country that have stepped in. i got guys up in Boston that are raising money and bringing it to I mean, all over the place. And so God is just doing a great work. Churches everywhere I have stepped up and stepped in and began to give financially. So if they can give financially, then maybe we should too, since this is where we go to church. So I want to challenge you to give two reasons. One, because last week we didn't have church. We didn't have an offering. So we were at a, at a one-fourth deficit for the month already then we have major expenses okay so that's not a good combination that creates a big gap so we just need you to do what you normally do and give and if you've never given now's a great time to step up and begin to give you can give right now i'll just tell you right now we're gonna have an offer get to the end of service but if you're watching online right now you can give right now you can text to give pull out your phones you can do it right now in service if you want to to four five seven 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 that's who you text to any amount and put the word unlimited so any amount the word unlimited to four five Seven seven seven. Thank you for giving. You're making a huge difference. The needs are so vast, guys. I mean, it is so vast. And honestly, we're not really using those resources to build our church back in Rockport right now. That's the least of my concerns is our church building. We're trying to build the city back, okay? And so we want there to be a city there. Let's start with that, okay? Our building will take care of itself. We'll, let's, let's focus on the church, okay? So we're just using the parking lot right now since we can't meet in the building. And just it's like Grand Central going on. It's, it's pretty cool. And they actually are having church right now as we speak in the parking lot too. So they're still having church, okay? That hasn't stopped. So, so give your time. Give financially. And last of all, I want to say this, and this is important. In the text it says here, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. He said, take care of this man if his bills run higher. And he said, what? He said, I'll be back. So notice that the guy did not stay with the guy. He left. He went back to go do his business. That's important to note that. Jesus tells the story. He says, yeah, so the businessman shows up. He's a Samaritan. sees a guy in need, helps him with his wounds, gives him supplies, makes sure he's taken care of, gives money. Then he says, okay, I'm going to go back to the trip I was on, take care of my business, I'll come back by and see you. So you could say, well, how selfish is that? Why didn't he stay with him the whole time? Because he had a life. So this is very important. I want you to hear me, okay? You need to run your family right now. You know, I know you want to help, and we want you to help too, but you, you, this is very important. The last one is this. Pace yourself. Guys, you still have school starting in two days, right? We still have a, a life. We still got to go to work and, and pay our own bills. And, you know, we still, you know, we're, we're going to do all this stuff, but we're still having church too. We're still running a church. So I just say it's important we pace ourselves. I'm really speaking to myself as well as our whole staff because we've been working 12 and 18-hour days, and I've already told my staff that changes this week. We're going to go to shift work. So we're still going to be open longer hours, but we're going to go to shift work to where not everyone's here so we don't burn out, okay? And I want to say the same to our volunteers. Thank you for serving, but please don't burn out. If you're tired, go home. It's okay. 
Someone else can step into that role for you, okay? But for those of you who are hearing that, realizing, wow, I haven't done anything, and there's people exhausted, this is your opportunity. It's your chance to step up and to step in and to help as well. Now, having said that, because we are trying to pace ourselves, I do need to make an announcement that not everyone's going to be happy with, but I feel like it's the right decision for our church and for our community. I have decided, Jessica actually came to me about this, which I told her, honey, I'm really, really thankful for you even bringing this up, because I know this is kind of her baby, and I, and I, I care greatly for it as well, but she came to me, and we've made a decision. We feel like the best thing for the church right now is to go ahead and cancel Chick Night. So it's about two weeks away, ladies. I do apologize for that, but I think it's the best thing for our community because what's more important in our event is the needs in front of us, okay? So we're going to focus on that right now. So thank you for understanding. Lisa Bevere reached out to Jessica, and she was more than willing to say, hey, look, you got a lot going on. If you need to not do this, she said, I'm more than willing to come, but if you also need to adjust this, I understand. John and Lisa Bevere not only understand, but Lisa said, no problem, and her and John both said, and... John and Lisa Bevere and Messenger International want to give towards this as well. So that's the kind of people that they are. So we're very grateful for them as well. So last thing I want to talk about, it says here in Scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. It says, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. That's where we get involved. We're supposed to take this story and do it. Not just talk about it, do it. Actually go and do the same and begin to serve our community. We've already been doing it. Now it's your chance to jump in and get involved. The last thing I want to say, number four, this is the time not just to come to church, but to be the church. This is that time. This is that moment. I just can't tell you how proud I am of everyone working so hard, just diligently getting it done and serving the Lord. It's just so, it's so refreshing to see you guys. I don't believe this is our darkest moment. I don't think this is our darkest hour. I think this is our shining moment where we get to be the church to make an impact in our community and change lives. That's what this is about. I want to thank you guys for all the things you've already done. You've given so much. You've served. Some of you guys are just making such an impact. There's lots of stuff out in the atrium. Most of that's going to be palleted and then shipped to Houston. But if you have a family need personally or know of a family that needs something, if you go find one of our staff members and tell them what you need, we will help you get the stuff you need from the pile that's here to take to them. Okay? That's why it's here. So take it to the people. All right? Now, having said that, we're not trying to meet the needs of anyone who just is without because they're just not, uh, because they don't handle their own finances well. In other words, this is not just, this is not like a drive for those in poverty. We have a ministry for that. I'm not ignoring that. We have a ministry for that. It's our Westside campus has a ministry for that very need, okay? This is for the victims, okay? I want to be really careful. careful. People are entrusting us to be a ministry of integrity, and they sent this stuff for the victims of the hurricane, okay? That's where it goes. Got it? Okay. Now, listen to me. If, if you say, but, but pastor, I do have a need, but I wasn't a victim of a hurricane. You come to us and we'll help meet your need. But we're not going to do it from their pile. We're going to do that from our pile. Does that make sense? So we'll meet the need. I'm fine with that. Okay. But integrity is all you have at the end of the day. And we're going to keep ours. Okay. So please don't think, oh, this is cool. I can grab some cat food. No, no, not if you can afford it. No, you're not going to grab that cat food. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? This is for those in need, all right? I will swat your hand down, all right? I'm not afraid to do that, all right? 
Let's get this to people in, in great need, and there are amazing needs out there. And so whatever people need, we want to get this to them as fast as we possibly can. And so I'm just very thankful for everyone who's really stepped in and are making a big difference. We want to be very careful to use these resources well. And so we are resourcing uh, everything from shelters to different churches that are also doing supplies directly to the people, to individual houses, to Houston, to Beaumont, uh, Victoria. We're in connection with all of them. There's a lot of great work happening, and it's really fun to see so many good people just rising up and doing the work of God. It's really fun to see that happening. I'm really proud of you. I just can't tell you that enough. So proud of you guys. Do me a favor real quick. I want you to stand to your feet and hold the hand of the person sitting next to you. We're going to cross the aisles on this one. Would you do that? Just stand to your feet. Let's hold the hand of the person next to you. As we, as we close out, as I walked around our Rockport campus, and as I walked around the city of Rockport and went into Aransas Pass and went to Port Aransas, the verse that God kept giving me, I just felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, Jesus' words in Revelation 21, where he said, I make all things I just want to encourage you today that he's going to make everything new. That's how he works. And you and I get to be a part of that process. But right now with your head bowed, your eyes closed during this prayer time, as you hold the hand of your neighbor right now, I think it's great that we got to cross the aisles and connect with people because I'm seeing people cross the aisle right now. I've been on the phone with senators and judges and mayors and no one's asked me whether I voted Republican or Democrat, not once because it doesn't matter. We're all crossing the aisle because we're all just people trying to serve one another right now. As you reach out and hold the person's hand next to you and as we pray, maybe your prayer today is to say, Pastor, you know, my home's fine, but there's some other areas of my life that look like those pictures I just saw. Maybe your home is not destroyed. Maybe you're not dealing with debris. Maybe your debris is your marriage right now. Maybe your debris is a relationship with one of your children. Maybe your debris is your career or your emotions, your, the depression you're dealing with, the anxiety or, or the addiction. And I want you to know this verse is also for you. Jesus said, I will make all things new. So maybe your prayer today is to say, God, renew me. Make my marriage new. Make my family new. Make my faith new. Renew me. Change me, God. This is an opportunity. See, I believe our church and our community will never be the same after this. And this is where God renews us day to day. In fact, the Bible says in Lamentation, he says that his mercies are new every morning. So maybe today is a fresh start for you. God is renewing you today. Let today be a moment of change to say, God, thank you. Renew me. May this be a new start for my family, for my relationships, for, for my faith, for my finances, for my life. Let this be a new beginning. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you've already trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior. That's wonderful. Maybe you're just saying, God, just renew me today. Or maybe you've never trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior. See, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me to pay the price for our sins. Then Jesus rose again from the grave, proving that he is God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can receive Christ right now. We're going to pray a prayer out loud together. For those who've never prayed it, you can pray alongside us and receive Christ right now. Would you pray this prayer with us? You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sins and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart 
I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.